0: Hello, beautiful souls. I am Christy Godwin. Welcome to my podcast, Spiritual Talk with Christy Godwin and Friends. I have my friend and the amazing medium and animal communicator, Nancy Mello. Thank you for being here today, Nancy. Thanks so much for having me. She is here to talk about something I'm so excited about. She has a new podcast. I absolutely love the name, Nancy. I love it. It's called Creature Creature. I love it, love it. So now this podcast is had just kicked off February 20th. It drops weekly and Nancy really delves into our relationship with animals. And I know just we all of us would love animals and have any kind of relationship with animals. We look at them and sometimes we're like, what are they thinking? Nancy can tell you. So Nancy, how did the idea of this podcast come about? I was, so I, I was
1: doing sessions as usual and there was a session and sometimes in sessions, you'll have multiple people, not a big deal. And a few weeks after one particular session, I had someone email me and say, Hey, would you like to have a meeting? And I said, okay. And she said, do you remember me? I was with so-and-so and I was like, not really. Cause once I do a session and you know, you walk away, you don't remember anything. So yeah. apparently she, uh, there it had, It it was a producer and she had been with her friend and her friend had lost her pet. And she was very touched by how I had handled it and how I had spoken to her. And so she said, well, we've had this idea. It was it's a production company. We have we've had this idea for a while about a show with an animal communicator. And we think you'll be a good fit. So that was, I believe, around September or October 2022. And so it's been a long time coming of just talking back and forth and see how how would this work? How would this go? What am I comfortable with? What are they comfortable with? And this is a podcast production company. It's called Rococo Punch. And they are kind of an offset of NPR. There's some people that worked for NPR up in Boston. And you can tell by their style, which I love. So as soon as they said, oh, we're we, we used to work for NPR. I said, okay, you're good. Cause I, I'm a loyal NPR listener and, uh, and, uh, uh, not advocate, but yeah, advocate. And I, and, and we, we donate because NPR is, is kind of like a uh, PBS where you, yes. you, you, you donate to keep it alive. So yeah. So it was just a 15 month process where we would record a little bit and stop and then record a little bit. So it's, 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 been a very exciting last couple of weeks where it's come to fruition where seeing something that really we we worked on from the ground up i love it because i get to be myself like i uh, it's no secret if you've had a session with me or you follow me on social media i i do curse i am very straight to the point i am very i'm not woo woo and in fact uh, for the longest time I've had these abilities all my life, but for the longest time, I didn't think I could be a psychic. I didn't. And I know we've talked about this yes. uh, behind the scenes off off recording about how we, we both are military spouses, how we both felt the need of like, where do we fit into this? Because yeah. psychics are kind of uh, known for being a little bit more woo woo, and I'm very straightforward. And so what I love about Rococo Punch and Creature Preacher is they allow me to be myself. They don't Edit me too much unless I get a little verbose, which sometimes I do. But I can curse, I can be straight, I can make comparisons, I can joke about RuPaul, and I can talk about dancing in three inch heels, and they're all there for it. So it's a lot of fun. And it's not just about cats and dogs. In fact, I'm very excited. There is an episode about the oldest living ma- land animal in the world, a giant tortoise by the name of Jonathan. And I am not kidding when I
0: say that episode changed my life and the I conversation think that's I have. I have a list here, and I think it's episode three, how Jonathan got his groove back. And it's,
1: I mean, just I I I mean, it was one of those because I I I think along like like with you, Chrissy, like Christy, you go into sessions blind. You yeah. don't read up. You don't do anything. I mean, that's just not, that's against, I think, both of our ethics to do so. Right. And I remember, I didn't even know who was on that day. You know, I trust my producers. They tell me where to show up. And I go, okay. And because I've I've requested, I specifically requested, I don't want any information. All I need is their photo. And of course, I wasn't, I didn't look at the photo. I didn't look at anything. And so I show up and I'm speaking to the handler and the vet, Jonathan's veterinarian. And I realize I'm talking to me, talking to a tortoise and it just turned into this the the original recording, I think, but I think we ended up speaking for 60, 90 minutes. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. beautiful. And this veterinarian, I loved his point of view because I would say something and he would be able to collaborate it with his knowledge as a veterinarian. And also he's a big history buff. And so what's really interesting and what I just it just blew my mind is there were there were memories that Jonathan has of 150 years ago. And he would specify certain things. And there's no way. I mean, they, he lives on a remote island off the coast of Africa, I believe. I think it takes a week to get there by boat. And there's no way I would know. I mean, again, I didn't research anything. And he was specifically mentioning certain things. And it happened several times during the episode. But there's are specific things about the history 150 years ago, about sailing and piracy. And he was referencing that. And because his handler is a big history buff, he was able to be like, well, that makes sense because this is what was happening. And then, you know, of course, like you believe in your own abilities, but I'm all about the proof. Yes. And so when they would say yes. that, and I would just.
0: Yes, I love that. Um, so a couple of things I want to address that Nancy just talked about is whenever, and sometimes I feel bad and I'm sure you sometimes do too, Nancy, When people come back to you for repeat readings and you don't remember them. I, sometimes I feel yeah. bad when that happens, but we just don't, because mm-hmm. we don't think the information, we're more of channels bringing the information through. And we don't keep it. We don't store it. It's not yeah. ours to store. Absolutely. So you let it go. And so sometimes I do feel bad when people, you know, I don't remember them. And I'll have people come to me three readings. I still, but it's because like Nancy said, we it's not our information to store. Also, I love how she was talking about, you know, she goes into these readings blind. Just yesterday, I was reading someone that had read the girl, gal before, apparently I did not remember, but she had her boyfriend on there and he said something and this is where, um, yeah, you know, sometimes things fall out of your mouth, Nancy, and you're like, oh, I didn't mean to say it like that, but he started telling me more information than he should about something. And without anything, I was like, no, 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 shut up. I mean, I mean, don't give me too much information. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Shut up. Stop. <laughs> right, right, right. I should have said that nicer, but he just laughed. He took it well. But it's true because when you roll into these readings, if you're ethical about it, you don't do research, you don't mm-hmm. want to people to give you too much information because you don't want to feel like you are reading from your memory, but it is nice like Nancy said to have it validated. Like once you have said something, it's nice for people to stop and say, "Oh yeah, that makes sense because of da da da." Mm-hmm. Now, also, I want you to Answer the question, because I know I get it a lot, just in straight psychic mediumship. Can anyone communicate with animals? I think so.
1: Absolutely. I think so. I think that we all have the ability, and I actually encourage people to do so. I encourage people to speak to their own animals and trust whatever you're hearing. It's... It's when you have a connection and honestly, this goes for people as well, though. Yes. But when you are looking like, for instance, right, as we were getting ready to record, my lab came up and my black lab came up and, you know, it's it's very easy to communicate with her. I knew she was going to get into something and and I let her know that was not OK. Uh, but, you know, you, you have a feeling what your animals are up to, similar to a mom having uh, insight about what her kids are, what their kids are doing when they're not around. So I always say, trust your instinct. And if you have this feeling to grow cat grass, if you have this feeling like they don't like to be watched when they pee, whatever it is, trust it. Instead of going, oh, that's just my imagination. What's the worst that happens if you trust what what you're hearing? Nothing. And, you know, I mean, an animal is never going to tell you to burn down a building, right? It's going to be it's going to be. You know, I don't like this food. I I want my water warm. I, I I don't like the blankets on me. And I I usually say the more offhand it sounds, the, the more it's them. You know, I like yes. the orange blanket instead of the blue blanket. I,
0: you know, stuff like that. I find that whenever animals come through from spirit and they say weird things like that, I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense to me. But let me just tell you what they're saying. And it always makes sense. <laughs> also, I had been talking to Nancy one day before I had a group event that night. Not recording, we were just chit-chatting. And so um, I don't know what we had been talking about, but clearly had opened me up to the animal realm. And I went to this reading that night and this dog kept coming up and nudging my hand and nudging my hands upon me. In my head, I looked at it and I said, what do do you need? And there's all this noise going around because there's a bunch of people there. And this dog said, And you could tell this dog communicated in this very prissy voice. It was a male dog, but very prissy voice. And I'm like, what? And so finally I turned to the owner. I said, this dog is letting me know he does not like his food. You just changed it and he doesn't like it. And she instantly was like, oh my goodness, I know. But he has whatever was wrong with him. And the vet had put him on the special food. Mm -hmm. So she had been putting all these different flavoring drops and stuff in his food. Um, so I'm telling this story because I went with it. It was very, and then I also said, because of the way the dog communicated in this very prissy voice, it said, yes, this dog just really feels like, and then he told me certain things that he felt like was beneath him. Like mm-hmm. they weren't treating him like the king. He felt like he was. And um, I, so it was all validated. So what so what? Nancy said, go with it. Like if you, or you feel like your dog is telling you something, roll with it. Also, animals, as with spirits who have crossed, will never tell you to hurt yourself or someone else. I want to put that disclaimer out there. Now, I know, Nancy, you have done a lot. Yes, you do a lot of communicating with animals, you know, their likes and dislikes, which we're going to get back to. But I know you've also done a lot of helping people locate their lost animals. So now when that happens, I know people because I get this question asked a lot, how do the animals give you the information? Let's say you're trying to locate a lost cat or dog. How do they show you where they are? Do they give you coordinates? Do they give you an address? How do they communicate that with you?
1: A little bit of all the above. So what I like to do, all I need to see is a photo of their eyes and I'll ask for the following information. I'll ask for when they were missing, uh, any sightings they've had, and I think I think that's it. And then I just ask for their address. But I'm very again, ethically, I won't ever ask. Um, I won't ever look it up beforehand. And sometimes I'll just say, like, are you you know, where do you live, Louisville, Kentucky? And so what I'll do is then I'll get information. The other day I was working with a lost cat in Austin. And I believe it was Austin. And I heard a street name. And I saw details. I saw a dumpster. I saw blah, 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 blah. And I kept hearing a word like co, co, co. I kept hearing co. And I honestly thought it was a street. And so I I gathered all this information and the cat had traveled a couple miles and I could see just details. of. I could see houses. I could see what they looked like. I could see there was brick. And then there were two stories. I could see that there was a detached garage. I could see that there were sidewalks. So I was getting all this information. And then when I finally asked for the address and I was working, so this is when you work together with the client. And we went on Google Maps together. And I realized the co I was hearing was coffee. And it was behind the cat has been hanging out behind a coffee house, which made a lot of sense. And also in the direction it was going because it was going south, and then there were the brick houses, and so it was going into a different kind of district of the of the city. And there was a coffee house, and it made a lot of sense. And then I saw a freeway, and there was a freeway right behind. And then I was getting numbers, and it turned out to be the numbers of the freeway. So a little of all the above, I always ask if they're hurt. So that information, first and foremost, tells me that they're alive. Yeah. If an yes. animal has passed, I'm not going to get detailed information about a location. I am going to get memories of where perhaps they traveled, mm-hmm. but it's going to be almost dreamlike for me. I'll be able to see water. I'll be able to see grass. And maybe I'll be able to get a few details and I'll be able to kind of get a location. I'll hear right. Southwest. I'll hear this. But it's not going to be so specific that you would be able to go right then, Right. If if that makes sense. It's going to be... It's it's vague, but it's still exact, but it almost is like a dreamlike. And so I tell people, if I'm getting all this information, the pet is still alive. And I think that is comforting, but I can usually tell within five minutes if the pet is still alive or passed.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So for everyone listening, the same thing works when you're looking for humans. I know a lot of people, when they've come to me um, wanting to find um maybe the remains of someone who has passed, or if they want to know if someone is still alive, it's the same thing. And so what Nancy is describing is remote viewing, you get into the eyes of the animal or the person and kind of follow them around. And I know a lot of people think that when you communicate with someone who has passed or even alive, that they should be able to give you name rank serial number. And that's not the way it is. Have you experienced that, Nancy, where people expect just name, rank, and serial number whenever you're communicating and trying to find someone?
1: Yeah, I think that it's not an exact science. And I am going to be given the information that the pet wants me to hear. Yes. And that's yes. always that's not always what the people want to hear. Yes. And what I find especially difficult, uh, and I've come across a number of these it, lately, is with stolen pets. Because with stolen pets, I'm going to get multiple information, and it might be uh, counter counterintuitive or counter... Like, it won't make sense. Right. And that's when I know they're stolen. And when they're stolen, unless they are staying in one place, it's very hard to find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've had a couple of notable cases. One got me in the Washington Post about a cat that was stolen in a car, and they dropped the cat off somewhere. But because the cat was stationary, thank God, we were able to find the cat. And there was another one during COVID where a cat was stolen and the cat was literally just across the street from my client. Uh, and because the cat didn't move, it, we were able to locate him. Stolen is is a lot harder, but you're right. It's, uh, it's, and it's not, ex- sometimes it's not exact depending on what's happening with the animal, depending on if the animal's moving, mm-hmm. depending if the animals hurt depending on if people are involved so for instance if people are feeding the animal it 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 depends and especially with dogs who have been known to travel 20 30 miles and they can be in circles but they're traveling what i see one day may not make sense even a couple hours absolutely and that can be really challenging. And so in those cases I just tell them to stay put. I mean that's the m- the main thing when after I kind of locate them I just say stay where you are. Stay where you are. Mm-hmm. Because especially dogs they they are just they they just are going in their geolocation is in in their head and they know they're supposed to be in a certain area. And actually the dog that's with me right now she was missing for for Seven, eight days right after we adopted her, literally the day we adopted her, she ran off. And she knew to stay within the general area. And even as an animal communicator, it still took that time to find her,
0: yes, yes, because it isn't, you know, you're talking different energies and different languages. And as a medium animal communicator, it's like learning a different language. And I had someone who came to me. they I didn't realize that They had made the appointment. and because it took a while to get on my calendar. And something happened before they met with me that they didn't know was going to happen. So they came to me for a medium reading. And so when I was talking to her, I said, Oh, there is a dog in spirit I need to acknowledge. Instantly started crying. And so I didn't realize the story behind this dog, except I said, you know, I don't know why this dog is taking me out your back door. And I feel the need to go to the left corner of your property. And there is a fence there. And um, and then she said, Yes, I said. Have you had problems with one of your neighbors down in that corner of the property? And they acknowledged they had. And so it was a, it lifted their spirits in the fact that this dog had passed because they this dog had gotten into antifreeze. So her husband was just torn up because he thought he had left it somewhere. I didn't know any of this when I was reading, except I just saying, I said, this dog is showing me eating something at the back of this fence. And now I'm not feeling well. And so after piecing it together, it was not something that the husband had left out. So it then gave them at least some peace that it was not their fault. So a lot of times you bring through this information, you have no idea what it means. You're just like, okay, I got to tell you what I'm seeing here. Now, whenever you're communicating, Nancy, with different animals, like dogs, cats, turtles, chickens, rabbits, do you find that the energetic vibration that the language is coming to you on is the same with all the animals? Or does it feel different with all the animals? Does that make sense? yeah, it makes sense.
1: I, I definitely think it's the same. I it's definitely a level of consciousness, however. So for instance, I'm going to get a lot more details and a lot, I'm going to get more images and words from horses and pigs than from lizards. Lizards, I'm going to get more images and less words. So it's more of a, a state of consciousness thing. But to me, it's translated at the same language. So I work with people all over the world from Uh, Germany and Estonia. And I I worked with someone actually in Ukraine a few months ago and, and, and uh, Australia, I mean, you name it, which is why we only do virtual readings because I'm, I'm often jumping around wherever, wherever my clients are. And the animals though are the same and they have thoughts and feelings and needs. And in the rescue me, episodes of the podcast where these are adoptable animals. These are animals that are looking for a home. We the first rescue me has Philip the Philip the the pig and Brad the chicken. I believe I could I think that's it. I, I no Mr. Philip the pig. And these are the yeah, yep, yep. I
0: was like that was I have that yeah. highlighted on my notes. I was yeah. going to ask you about that.
1: Yeah. So I but I I speak to all kinds and they all have different tastes and needs. Uh, so it's it's really wonderful and validating, I think, for those of us who are drawn to maybe not your typical cat or dog. I, I love working with birds, and I worked with a woman that unfortunately lost her parakeet, and it was be- it was a beautiful connection because that's what she feels a connection to, and to be able to validate things that she had done with the parakeet and the parakeet had liked because just like with cats and dogs, birds have likes and dislikes. Same thing with chickens.
0: Mm -hmm. I think it's,
1: it's, we, they, animals
0: are all autonomous beings. Now, I want to go back to, you said you had read an animal in the Ukraine. Now, can, did the animal mention, or have you noticed that the animals in that area can feel the upheaval that is happening?
1: In that particular conversation, they didn't mention it. I could have been talking to someone in Boston. Okay. They were more concerned that their client kept leaving and they were going overseas. They okay. did not mention it, however, and it was interesting because I was speaking to the client afterwards about this, and she said that where she is in Ukraine, life is going on as usual. Okay. So it was very, so that would make sense, I think, as opposed mm-hmm. if we were, if if I was talking to an animal more in, in the center of where things are, but it made a lot of sense because mm-hmm. there was there didn't seem to be a concern about safety.
0: Okay. Okay. I was wondering if the animals, which I would I, I knew if the dog had, or the animal had been in the midst of it, they would have expressed concern. I
1: it? will say in the very beginning of the conflict, I was working with a couple of clients in Poland that animals were coming over the border. Uh-huh. And the animals absolutely knew that there was danger and they were fleeing or unfortunately what was happening is that when I I believe you would call them refugees, people fleeing were coming over. There was a, I I believe this is where Poland connects with Ukraine. I believe it's in the South. They, um, the, they were, because they could not take their animals where they were going, they were dropping them off in this forest and so these animals were kind of emerging from this forest. And this is no fault, right? If you're right, having right. to flee for safety and you right. you you thought enough to bring your animal over and then wherever you're getting shelter, they're saying no animals. So they're leaving them in this forest. And and of course, it's tragic. So I was working with animals down there and they absolutely understood that there was danger. They were very sad with the owners that had left them, with their people that had left them, but they absolutely understood that there was bad that it was bad
0: and you know what i've noticed with animals and people can do it too if they ground enough and connect to mother earth enough but animals are really good at reading the energy coming off the land like when there's something about to happen whether it's a tsunami or an earthquake or um whether whatever is about to happen and i live in the midwest and so of course you know tornadoes happen in this area and you can go outside, and you can almost hear the birds. I do have a funny story. I, right outside my office, it's some bird feeders. So when these bird feeders start getting empty, those birds start just flying at my window. Now, Nancy, I don't know how these birds figured it out, but if I ignore them long enough flying at my window, because you know, you get busy and you think, oh, yeah, I'm gonna go fill the bird feeders, and then you forget. They will then go and there is a security camera next to my garage, which is on the other end of the house, they will go to that security camera and put their face right in it. Now, how they figured that out, I have no idea. But my husband will laugh and he will show me, he's like, so you haven't fed the birds, huh? And he'll show me on the security camera, this bird with its face up in the security camera, like, hello, feed us. Now, have you ever Are there any barriers that you have found specifically to communicating with animals? I know sometimes if you're communicating with um, humans, there might be certain things that make it a little bit more difficult. Not that you can't communicate, but there's certain things that make it more difficult to make that connection. Have you noticed there are any difficulties in doing that with animals?
1: The only barrier that I've come across has been human, which is when people are deep in grief, it is very hard to connect with the animal. Uh, I used to offer emergency readings right after passing. So you could book me if your dog passed yesterday. You could book with me. Theoretically, uh, I do emergency readings once every, every every Wednesday, and you could theoretically book with me if I had availability on Wednesday. And most of the time, 75%, 80%, it was fine. And then the other percentage you're in shock and grief and when you are in grief just similar with with you as a person if you're grieving a loss of a human loved one you're not hearing anything i know in my own grief i i can attest to that and so if you it you have to come to a a, at least a, a stand of acceptance because if you accept that they are in another energy form then I can connect with them and it's not that the animal isn't safe and sound it's that your heart still is reaching for their body and you're still needing them in a physical form and so now i think i i think i have like 6 weeks which is pretty and 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 there hasn't been as many issues but i still come across in my sessions three four years even even animals from childhood because There's a large portion of the population across the world that does not feel that animals are, that that we can feel as deeply about animals as people. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not culturally as acceptable to grieve for animals. Because again, there's not this acceptance that animals have thoughts and feelings that have a consciousness. And so people bury that grief deep. And I'm grateful to be able to help people. And I, I talked to a dog that from 40 years, a couple of days ago, and it was wonderful and it was validating for that person. I think that's why it's so important to work on your own emotions, because the more that you honor your own emotions and and recognize what you're feeling, grief, anger, disbelief, right? the quicker that you are going to feel them around you. I think that's my most common question I get is why can I not feel them? Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. first thing I always say is that signs are not like glitter. They're not going to rain down all the time. Speaking for myself personally, I I lost a beloved cat of many years and I think I've gotten two signs from him in four years Mm -hmm. and that's okay. However, it makes it harder for animals to connect with us if we are still blocked by that grief. Okay. So that's that's the, I believe the only thing that I can think of, at least off the top of my head, that I have found challenging. I think that if you are open, anything is possible, and that's all I ask. I, I have no problem with other people joining conversations, but I will always ask, are you open to this? There was one conversation where it was with a woman that was open, but her spouse was absolutely thought it was crap. And he told me so. And I think, I think I just stopped the session and I just said, this is I, I'm not, this isn't this isn't good for either of us. Because if you are so against what I'm doing, how can I help? How can I what what are
0: we doing? Yes. You know, and that's okay. So much the same with humans. And I did and I had a big event um Monday night. And so if there was enough energy. And, you know, when you have an event like that, and there's a lot of people there, there are going to be some skeptics, which this is what the lady said at the end. She said, I was skeptical, but I came with an open heart. And I'm so glad I did because the information you gave couldn't, you know, there's there no way I could have known it. So much like Nancy is saying, it's okay to be skeptical. Just come with an open heart and an open mind and take what comes your way. It's when you have that barrier that nothing anyone says is going to change your mind. You could be saying, right now, you in your right pocket have a um, ring that was passed down from your mother and give all these details about it. And they can absolutely pull that ring out of their right pocket. But then they're going to, in their mind, say, well, you knew that because, and, you know, throw away everything that you just said.
1: Yeah. That's when
0: there is the issue and it's the same when reading humans. Um, I had a wonderful conversation there was a gentleman
1: in LA, a uh, gentleman that I wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley. Uh, you know, just very yes. like weightlifting and 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 just, you know, like one of those you know, people and and of course I never judge a book by the cover but he he started and he said I'm skeptical and I said okay that's great. You know, let's, you know, you know, let's let's go ahead and he said oh my girlfriend gave this to me. It for you know okay great and he was smiling within a few minutes and it was wonderful because he
0: told me hey I'm skeptical and I said okay that's great cheers yep. all right you know absolutely all right because when people say that I say I'm skeptical too yeah like oh, when yeah. I have a new yeah. medium that reads me I'm like mm, you know I'm not going to like throw back in the face if they're valid they're valid but yeah. You know, there, there, like own, I say, we there are that. people, we, size, we absolutely size each other. Yes. Yes. There are doctors <laughs> who shouldn't be doctors. There are teachers who shouldn't be teachers. There are mediums who shouldn't be mediums. And so absolutely, you know, I roll into a, meeting a new medium with mm, what you got. Now, if yeah. someone wants to, and you answered this a little bit, but maybe go in a little bit more detail. If someone wants to communicate themselves with animals, what would you say, how was the first step they should do? What should they do first?
1: I think just listening to your animal. I'm, you know, I'm, this is where I speak very straight. I say this with love and all respect to those that offer animal communication sessions, and this is no judgment. However, my experience and my opinion is you don't need to spend money to learn how to communicate with your animals. You just need to practice and you just need to trust what you're hearing. I say on your notes on your phone or buy a buy a special notebook and write down what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. There I, I I say start start with yes or no questions. I actually have like small exercises on my website, com where you can do this. It's a little small how to speak to your animals, but it's more meditations where you go in and you go ask your animal this, ask your animal this, but you start with very basic questions. Yes, no. Are you hungry? Are you hurt? Bah, 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 bah. And then by like the fourth lesson, so to speak, it's for fourth meditation. It's, it's uh, getting into more detail, but you just start with yes or no, yes or no questions, and just start being open to it. I think number one, be open, be, be say, say it's possible to do it. Just like, is it possible to connect with my guides? Is it possible to connect with my loved ones? Yes, yes, yes. Right. But the first thing that you have to do is be open. And I think. Podcasts like Creature Preacher, where I'm speaking in a very frank way, and it's a story. It's not just another podcast. It's a story. It takes you on a journey, and you fall in love with whoever I'm speaking with, and the pet or the animal. Being open is huge. It's okay to be skeptic, but be open. And as my mechanical engineering husband says. We just haven't proved it yet. But the fact that the top profession that I work with are doctors and veterinarians says something, and scientists, biologists, those are the top professions that I work with. Mm -hmm. It's not just your housewife that has watched Montel Williams back in the 80s and 90s and, and saw Sylvia Brown. We're talking about people that study. And if scientists, doctors can be open, then there's more than meets the eye, to quote transformers. I'll okay. never forget speaking with a, a neurosurgeon in New York. And I remember at the end I, I said, "I have to ask you, how do you, as a neurosurgeon, how do you justify what I do?" And she said, People don't understand that we don't under that that we only understand five to ten percent of the brain. Yeah. She said, we have no idea how things work. She said, compared to the heart, she said, we can understand the heart. She said, the heart, you understand it, it's a muscle. She said, when you figure something out is wrong, you can fix it. She said the brain is completely different matter. Joke, matter, brain matter. And the the brain's a completely different matter. They don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And She thought, and I know I've said this before, but she thought that these abilities came from a Neanderthal day where we were the hunters and gatherers, where we had these abilities to survive. Mm -hmm. And once we started coming together in communities, these abilities became quiet because we didn't need them. We didn't need them to hunt or find food she also like many people believe there was a genetic link
0: yeah i love that that is so that's so much information right there i so i see that all the time like the people that are so brilliant it's almost like the the scientists and the doctors are more open to it than some of the other people i see that are embedded in the societal belief systems Like when you get embedded into the society belief systems and don't allow yourself to think outside the box is when you kind of shut that ability down. Can you share an insight or a message from an animal? Like, what was the most impactful message you've received from an animal?
1: Honestly, I have to say it was Jonathan the tortoise. I really—that's the first thing that's coming to me, and I'm Mm -hmm. beyond excited for this episode to come out. But it's—it was impactful because. He, he, and you'll see this in the episode. Just the details he was giving, and I think, to me, I just I I don't often get uh, speechless, but it made me realize how insignificant things are, and yeah. how the things that we worry about and are concerned about, and even material things. Here is a tortoise that is a hundred and something years old and has seen actual history and is still very, uh, still maintains a sense of humor, still understands in the goodness of people, still has that faith, if you will. Yes, yes. And I go back back to that when I'm having a hard day and I realize that one day out of thousands in a lifetime is nothing, I think as a whole, as an animal communicator and as an evidential medium, I have learned to be in the present Mm -hmm. because animals are wonderfully good at being in the present and being happy with what's right in front of them. Yes.
0: As long as their basic needs are met. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but as we're talking, um, I heard a deer just went running across the field and the leader stopped and looked this way. I mean, they are quite a ways, but they looked through the window. It's like, oh, they can hear Nancy talking. (laughs) I'm, I'm laughing
1: because, I, and I don't know, oh my gosh, I don't know what it is, Christy. And I, you know, me, like we know we, we're good friends and uh, you know, I'm, I, I don't, I, I really work hard on my ego and I'm always like, why me? Like, what, what, you want to talk to me? And it's so funny how I, I get this a lot on TikTok where people will say that they'll listen to my videos out loud and their pets will stop and look at the screen. And it's like, I don't know what kind of power I I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yes. I think it's awesome, but mm-hmm. it's just like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, see, and here's even me being like, I'm just Nancy, but it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned the deer. Cause I was literally just talking to my husband yesterday about how I haven't seen any deer and how I've been, I, I, I just,
0: I have a, I, I feel like I have a connection with them, but I feel I th- like you do too. And that's why I mention it because we get a lot of deer. I mean, it's a field. I love kind of a wooded area. So we do get a lot of deer, but it's like when that deer stopped and looked at me, I could almost hear him say, tell her we're okay. We're okay. And so I knew, oh, she's connected to these deer. I, I'm connected. I don't know. I, I, it's my, my children are not fond of
1: me because I don't care where we are in the world. I go for the animals. We were in, we, my husband retired from the military and as somewhat is tradition in the military, you take a big trip because you haven't been able to travel for usually years. And we were in Cannes in France and we were overlooking a castle and there was this seagull. And of course I go up to the seagull and I have this video of my mom, my sister, my sister, oh my God, my daughter going, mom, don't do it, mom. Don't talk to the seagull. Don't, Wait, don't, very mom, mom, get away. And I just go, up, hi. And I, cause I, of course, like every animal I see in the wild, I talk to them. Hi, how are you doing? Mom, stop, stop. And the seagull and I had a nice little conversation and Helen's just, ugh, my daughter's just looking around going, mom, mom, stop doing that. Don't do it. I love it's that. Just, it, you know, I, I adore my kids and I'm very, very protective of them and making sure my my profession and my abilities don't affect them, but it's definitely it's definitely uh, it, it, it crosses over. It, it it crosses over all the time, and and my daughter, who is wonderfully proud of me, she'll just go, mom, mom, don't don't
0: don't. don't. It becomes a little joke because I can feel kind of joking with you because my kids do the same thing um, when things all happen and they will, you know. Just the other day, my oldest called me. Sorry, do you ever get? I was going to say, yeah. No. Yeah. And I no. Was like, no. I, no. No. Not really. I. I really. And then even whenever I'm reading someone, if they can't validate something right away, I was like, okay, well then this is going to happen. Message me when that happens because it's really about me being right. And it's not an ego thing, but when you get the validations that you are on the right track, it really helps you expand your gift. Is really what that's about.
1: I, I just want to know if I'm on the right track because I could be yeah. hearing something else. I'll never forget I had a a client and thank goodness I'd worked with them a couple of times or else they probably would have been like you're wrong we're gonna get off the phone. And I was talking to him and I I was talking about their it was talking to their dog, and it was a, a husband and wife and I was talking to them for like five minutes and they look at each other and they go this doesn't sound like so and so at all. And I went oh okay I'm so sorry you know I wonder who I'm connecting with and all of a sudden the wife looks down and out of the camera view. Was one of their dogs, and they realized that dog had been speaking the entire time. And then they started laughing, and I started laughing. And so that's why, when I, when in sessions, I always say, Are there any other living animals around you? Because they will, they absolutely will start talking over. And that can happen with people that have passed as well. If there's a message to get through, hell and high water isn't going to stop someone, even if you're not specifically asking for them.
0: You're right. You're right. Like, I love that. Hell or high water is not going to stop them. Because no. if I go looking for someone specific and someone else has stepped up, I will say, okay, do you mind if I just validate and get a message from this person so I can get them out of the way? Because they're going to interfere the entire time. And now, they not, they will. They, they absolutely will. will. Yes, yes. I have a question um, about your episode two, which is about, I hate my dad. <laughs> okay. So now there was a There is a dog named Boomer who lives in a house with two people, and he loves one of them, but not so much the other. Now, why doesn't this dog love his other dad?
1: Well, full disclosure, this episode hasn't come out yet, so I'm having to remember from memory. I've listened to the pre-recording. I think it's just because they have different parenting styles, if I remember correctly. But Mm -hmm. it's a wonderful conversation because we reveal a lot about why they have differences why they have different parenting styles and then what they can do to improve it. So I think it's good for everyone especially when you have a partner that you live with or even a child and you're working on quote unquote parenting uh, yes. an animal is that you're you're going to have different styles on how you parent and it generally just like when you have children animals are going to be drawn to one person or another and it may be long term or it could be for the day. And so sometimes it's just about understanding how the pet responds yes. and then adjusting either what you're doing or adjusting your own expectations
0: so and say, you know back to what you have mentioned a couple of times nancy please listen to your animals there's been a couple of readings lately where i was reading my client and then they were getting frustrated with their dog because their dog was jumping on their lap and jumping on their lap and they're like oh my goodness i don't, i know why put the can you please put the dog on the screen the dog has something to say and then once I put the dog on the screen, I was able to deliver the message from the dog and the dog, then they were done and they moved on. So once you can validate that, so if you find a dog that is being like in your face or really trying to get your attention, sit with that for a moment, ask the dog what they have to say or cat or whatever it is and accept it.
1: Like I mean, don't you argue can even do that with birds. Honestly, you could even do that with the birds outside. If yes. they're squawking, remember Ask them. Just ask out loud. What is it you guys need? What's going on? It could be that it's mating season. It could be that they're looking for food. You know, it's, I, I, it's hard because again, we got we get caught up in our everyday life and we get caught up with going, going, going. And I think the most important lesson I've taken from animals is just stop and just be in the moment because when you're in the moment, everything becomes clear. You can hear animals you can hear people everything becomes clear in your mind for instance i was i was thinking about uh doing something uh and i had an appointment today that i was supposed to go to and i was debating about canceling it or not and and the other night i said okay i'm going i'll know the answer when i get up and i'm going to trust whatever answer it is because i'm not i'm just i'm overthinking i knew i was overthinking it and sure enough the next morning i wake up And I asked it again, and immediately I got the answer. And instead of debating it, I trusted it. And I think it's, at the end of the day, it's about trusting. Trusting what you hear and trusting what you need. And I I don't know about you, but I felt this in the last year or two. the, The pull to be more present and in the moment with our body. Yes. And... There's so much noise now. There's a meditation coming out Thursday, and it's a whale. And it's not Valdemir, it's Val. It's about a whale that the Russians were using as a spy whale. It's a really fascinating story. It is called Val because it's a combination of the Valdem- Valdemir. What's
0: the. It's- I, it looks like Valdemir to me. I was just looking is at it. Is it Valdemir? Okay, but I was it, trying to remember. It, I think the H is silent because it's H. Because it's a combination,
1: and I say that, and I see this in the podcast, I think, is it's a combination of Valdemir and then the name in Swedish or something. But we end up doing a meditation for this whale who is lost in the Baltic Sea. And we do a med- we do a meditation and we just sit and we send love and energy. Mm-hmm. And... I think as humans, that's the most powerful thing we can do. Absolutely.
0: Instead of you know, judging each other you for, or, you know. yes. I um. complete side note. Nancy does know this, but it isn't published yet as I'm writing a book. Me and a friend of mine are writing a book on steps to enlightenment. And it's basically getting to who we are at a soul level, which all of us are love and anything we do outside of that. So when I do healings on people, how do I heal? I create an energetic vibration of love. I don't do the healing. I just am the conduit for the love that does the healing. Now, I also want to mention real quick, um, you also have a series, which you had mentioned earlier in this creature preacher that is about rescue me. And I love those because it is all about animals who are maybe lost or need to be rescued, adopted. And so now, are you only doing this in coalition with the one um, Rancho Coastal Humane Society, or is it other ones that you will also No, need- it's rescues from across the
1: United States. Okay. It's, and these are animals that were up for adoption at the time of recording. And so I think at, at every episode, if this, if the pet is is adopted, there are plenty more. I think what I, this is near and dear to my heart because I really am a firm believer that the animal gets, gets a choice and that if we can fit them with who they want to go with, with who they're comfortable with, then the odds of returning them goes down. The odds of unhappiness on the pet parents part is huge. So for instance, I go down to Louisville, Kentucky once a year and I do a fundraising effort for uh, S Saint Francis Pitbull. S uh, I'm going to try to remember the acronym, but Saint Francis Pitbull Rescue of Louisville. And what I love about them is a they're they are all they are pro animal communication, pro Nancy, and I love because I get to work with adoptable animals and and advise them. Okay, especially with pitbulls, which mm-hmm. is huge. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is what they need. This is what's going on in their head. This is what their triggers are. And if we have that information ahead of time, then we can help them. I am such a big proponent of rescuing. I, I, uh, I do work with responsible breeders as well, and I'm happy to, I, I, I enjoy working with responsible breeders. However, working with rescues, and I do work actually with breeders in the same way, which is, this is what this, is what this pet needs. This is what that, but again, that further will help so they don't get returned or if they have any health issues Mm -hmm. stuff like that if you can identify it early it it just sets everyone up for success i i love it because i know with my own pets knowing what i know about them now if if we had a little bit of a a, like a, a a resume ahead of time yes 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 it's essentially on the rescue me what i'm giving you i'm giving you a resume so for instance There is a Rescue Me about Clover the Cat. It was just released on the the look at the date on the 27th. And Clover is fond of certain music. And we tied it into TV shows. And if you listen to the episode, and it's only seven, eight minutes long, and she talks about a preference for certain TV shows. She likes this over this. And so, which is not the first time I've heard this. I've heard other animals say they're fond of certain music, certain soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Why not? Let's get right. a let's let's have a cat that wants to watch Legal Weapon or Lethal Weapon or whatever. That's the right. first right. movie that came to me. But sure, you want right. a cat that's going to watch TV. That's awesome. It
0: reminds me of, we had talked before the recording started of um, I currently don't have any animals, but my last one was a great dane who we didn't have very long. She died of kidney disease. But when I went to get her or look at the animal, she was the last one left in the litter. And I knew I mean you had all these great, all these big puppies. I mean, they're great Danes, they're huge. They are crazy. The one I got was just kind of over in the corner, scared. So she had not been abused, but I could tell that she was very like the activity of all those other dogs and her being in the barn because we're not on the farm, she just wasn't about that. So we brought her home and it became a joke in the family that she had waited for me because I really didn't want to get a dog at that point. There's so much responsibility. I just didn't want to at that point. But my, one of my daughters kept sending me pictures and I just knew I had to go look at her. And then she looked at me, and I was like, oh, this dog needs me. And it made sense because the, for the first year of this dog's life, well, there wasn't a month that went by that we didn't spend almost $500 in the vet. Just from, she had a lot of health issues. And then when we got it taken care of, it still cost between food and medicine, almost $400 a month just to keep her alive. And you know, you have to think about that someone who doesn't have the financial resources to do that. And that is actually part of the my hesitancy of going and getting another dog. It's like, oh my goodness, that was so much money to to do that again. I,
1: I'm 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 on your with your husband on this one. I I I but we can talk about this after yeah. show. Uh, yes, yes, I, yes, I am, Nancy. I am pro you getting another dog. I think it's I think it's needed. I think it'll help your spirit. I think your other your your previous dog wants this I feel her pushing you yes towards I it. have felt that because I think it's it's there is something lost in the house and I think it's for me what I'm hearing it's more of an energy thing
0: yeah where and
1: the energy is just lower
0: so my husband they're in the recording on this podcast my husband is currently traveling for business and I was teasing Nancy that I had gotten a message from him and he was he just was telling me I think we need it so he's trying to set the stage for when he gets back from traveling us getting a dog so I was telling Nancy before we started I don't know if I want the responsibility but again like Nancy said I have felt it coming I have mm-hmm. felt my dog in spirit pulling me in that direction mm-hmm. but it's one of these things my ego in the human side of me is like but you know the cost the energy the yeah. upkeep Well, all and of that's that. why
1: we have psychic friends and that's why I'll text yes. you and be like Christy like, am I getting this wrong? Like what, you know, and that's, I, I think, you know, I, and I know we've talked about this before, that the biggest misconception about psychics is that we're psychic about ourselves yeah. and we'll get these feelings, but we don't know where to place them. Right. And that's why I always say like, don't trust a psychic or an animal communicator that doesn't have any other psychic or animal communicator friends. Yes, true. Want, it's true. It's a, I joke, I have a psychic friends network of people that I love and I trust. And if I can't help you, I'm going to recommend you to someone else. Or if I'm not a good fit for you, go to someone else.
0: Absolutely,
1: I think it's, it's important because just like with therapists and doctors, there's different styles.
0: Absolutely, there is. Styles. That's the reason I'm not ever afraid to go live with someone or to do an event with someone. Because it's not like there's competition for clients. It's like who meshes with who? hmm mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Nancy, and it's
0: about I want to thank you so much for being on. Please, please, everyone listening, check out her podcast. It's called um, Creature Peacher. You can find it on all of the major outlets, you know, Spotify, um, Apple. You can find it on just any of the major podcast outlets. Now, for this one, since it's, you will find this one, if you want to see what Nancy looks like and you're listening to it on my podcast outlets, go check her out on YouTube. She did her makeup for us today.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, because Christy jokes that she, you've done your makeup for the last 30 years, right? You said twenty yes, thirty Yes, yes, every day. So, so I made sure. I'm very athleisure wear. I'm mm-hmm. very like, but I, yes, yes, I put on, and I, I've i actually had my hair colored for the first time since COVID, so I lightened it up because I feel better as a blonde. Yeah, I feel it better looks beautiful
0: as a, on her. Also, yeah. for um, those of you listening, Nancy has short hair, so I was just telling her it looks really good on her. I love people that can pull off short hair. I'm, thank you, I'm all thank about you. just self-expression.
1: Thanks so much. So you can reach me on. Uh, so Creature Preacher, it's also on Amazon Music and the main thing we need to keep this going is subscribers. So not don't just listen to episodes, subscribe. And then you can come back as more episodes are filled in. And when you subscribe, you'll get it every Tuesday when it drops or when a new one drops. So, for instance, Valdemir is dropping tomorrow, the 29th. So, yeah. So when you subscribe, you get that. And then that helps the algorithm. Because the whole yes. point of this is to reach to reach the skeptics, to reach the people that just like a good story. And I think... To, to in order to support this and to keep these conversations going, yes, and that's why thank you for having me on. I know I've been on before, but it's all about supporting each other. Maybe I can get you on next season with yeah, with your, your pup. I think we can all vote on that. But yeah, so Instagram is Nancy Mello official. TikTok is Nancy That's where you'll get
0: a, a a little bit more of my playful side, where I do duets. And she is very see- funny. For anyone listening, Nancy is very funny with her duets. I love them.
1: I, I don't intentionally, I'm not intentionally funny. I just somehow I'm funny. But yes, yeah, so social media and then my website, com. But Creature Preacher is out. I usually do like a little Creature Preacher with a little dance because that's, I am, I am the Creature Preacher. And I love kind of the name of it because it's,
0: I am preaching about the creatures. So yes, Creature Preacher. And anyone listening to this, you, the how to contact her and how to find her will also be in the verbiage. But if you forget and you're on TikTok or you're on Instagram or even on, you know, Creature Preacher is easy to remember for the podcast. But on the other social media outlets, if you just actually search Nancy Mello, she yep. will pop up. And so yep. Animal Communicator is more specific. And, and she make will pop sure up. on the TikTok, go to the one that
1: has, what, 83,000 followers? Because, you know, yes. there's goods and bads, And there uh, are some people that have been imitating me and TikTok as is uh is uh letting letting that ride for now so yeah just make sure you go to the one with the high follower count
0: absolutely that is such an issue and for anyone watching please i have a tiktok about it but i will also put it out again no legitimate psychic medium is going to direct message mm-hmm. you for you to send them money so they will oh read God. you All And yeah all legitimate psychic mediums and all communicators, they all have a website or some way to make an appointment with them that is legitimate. And don't believe anyone that DMs you and says, I have a
1: message for you. I'm sorry. I don't have time to give any... Like, no, no, you, no. I, yeah. I That's just against my ethics. I, that's against yours. Like, no, we don't have time to DM people. And we're not like out searching
0: for people to send messages to. You know, that's I not... find it also just more terrible because usually they're picking on people who are vulnerable and going through Mm -hmm. grief. And so when you're going through grief, sometimes you're really just not thinking clearly. So I like to just remind people, please never, never Venmo anyone any money, Mm. never, you know, answer a direct message.
1: Yeah, yeah, go directly to the website. And if you have a question, there's generally, I think it's on your website as well, where you can and a mine where you can directly message us from the website. So if you are yes. gonna send an email or DM, DM from the actual website and make Absolutely. sure it's our actual website as well. Like, I don't know about you, but I know I like I've had to like buy other variations of my name, yes, just because, because scammers are doing it too. Like it's it's pretty incredible the length that people will go to hurt others, and it's it's frustrating, I think, for for people like Christy and I who we we are very much ethically sound, and we yeah. try to do things the, the 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 way that that any other business would operate. So, absolutely, go to our website. It's NancyMello. and you're ChristyGoodwin.com. Christy Goodwin. Christy
0: Godwin Psychic like meaning Godwin, meaning.
1: but no, you're so but good. Okay. That's um, why I say.
0: That's why I say good. Godwin. Goodwin. You're good. You know, there's something there because I don't know when it, so sometimes when people misspeak, it's not an accident. It's like, it's scary. absolutely not an accident. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah, yeah. Not an accident. And so the thing that she said that I was like, that's bringing back a memory. Wait a minute. It's right there. So whenever someone misspeaks or something, delve into it. What is the energy of that? Because usually it's trying to activate. Because I think you're good. all right thank you so much nancy and thank everyone for watching and listening today again um you can contact nancy through her website if you want to, to to message her and ask her a question that's where you make appointments with her is on her website and you can any of the social media outlets just search nancy Mello. but i will have the actual in the verbiage of this podcast the actual um where she is on everything creature preacher please listen to it and she's right subscribe subscribe to her podcast subscribe to mine it really helps the algorithms and we are out there about just changing the way people think about psychic mediums and communicating with animals we are all just energetic vibrations of a source energy and um, let's spread the love thanks so much for having me thank you